Welcome to Looking Up, a podcast that explores various faiths, spiritualities, and practices across the Malden community. I'm your host, Jillian Hodgson. Today we sit down with Josephine Royal, a longtime urban media arts employee and a Christian. She talks to us about the importance of faith throughout her life and how through every journey that she's been through, God has always been with her. Do you just want to start out and introduce yourself? My name is Josephine Royal. I've been around MATV for over 15 years. Uh, I started out just coming around. I came around through an agency, and I thought I was going to answer phones, but that was not the case. Uh, I do many things around this um, office. Uh, I am the office manager slash membership services. However, I love people. I absolutely love people from all walks of life. Uh, there's something about people, um, whether they're young, old, uh, middle-aged, they all have something to offer. They don't know that, but I, I see something wonderful in people. I just see something lovely about them. I, you know, there's such a beauty about people that I see. So with that being said, I came to these doors, and um, I kind of woke up from a, a, you might say, from a long, long sleep. I had brain surgery over 30 years ago. Okay. It, it was quite an experience. I had an illness, and um, there's, there's no known cure for it. And um, I wasn't the only one. But unfortunately for me, um, I had the type of epilepsy they could not cure. They could not find the medication to control it. And the type of epilepsy that I had was very dangerous. I mean, I could be awake talking to you, and you wouldn't know that I was having a seizure. I'd get up wow. and walk right out, and I'd be gone for days on end. And nobody would know where I was. N- n- not even me, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. During this, I had uh, a child, another child. I had four children. And uh, unfortunately for me, it was getting worse. This thing destroyed my life. It took everything from me. It destroyed my life. And I didn't think anything like that could do that, but it did. With that being said, uh, it was a very nasty situation for me. And I went from doctor to doctor to doctor, and finally I came across one in Beth, Israel, and I got the best care. They they handpicked doctors. They 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 um they handpicked everybody, and um uh, and the fun began. And I had doctors from all over the world. I'm not the only one. There were seven of us with this trial surgery. And you either got a red light, or you didn't, or you got a green light to have it. I got a green light. I was one that got the green light. And but when I heard the percentage, it was so minute. I I opt out. I said, nope, I don't think so. 
how were you able to rebuild yourself and, and find a life that you loved again? Uh, 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 to tell you the truth, uh, uh, after the operation, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk, I could not be myself, I couldn't do anything. Um, I ended up in a facility uh, before, before I decided to have the surgery. I received a phone call from the doctor that created it. And he said to me, there is no percentage for you. If you do not have the surgery, you're going to die. Uh, usually a doctor don't call you up over the phone. But he said, this is the only way I can get to you. And I was like, I had an attitude. I'm very, um, I love people, but I'm, I, I'm going to say what I'm going to have to say. Yeah. And sometimes people don't like that about me, but that's okay. Better that I say the truth than not. Exactly. And uh, I said to him, says, who, you? And he said to me, I understand that you, you believe in God. I said, yes, I truly do. I didn't understand at that time what I was saying, but I believed. And he says to me, this can't be between you and your family or anybody else. It has to be between you and God. And I thought about it, and I thought about it after broken bones, after so much that I've been through. And I believe me, it was a trip. I, I decided to have this surgery, but I, I asked my family to drop me off. I didn't want them to come in with me. Mm -hmm. Why? Uh, I didn't want them, I didn't want to put them through anymore. Yeah. I just didn't. So I got dropped off, and I walked in there. But this type of thing, you have to have people that look after you after you have the surgery. Yeah. You can't be alone. No. So I arranged everything, and um, it was not easy. And that baby I had after that was, by that time, was 14 years old, I think. Wow. And I went through the surgery. I was wide awake. They, they, what did they do is that to take off your skull? They put you to sleep, and after that, you're wide awake. Wow. I had my glasses on. I was talking. I, I could see everybody. I could hear all the doctors. The room was full, and my doctor was supposed to go to Switzerland. His name is Dr. Donald Schomer, and God bless that man. And Dr. Blom, uh, all of them. Uh, I remember like it's today. Yeah. And uh, he that must came. That have been a really surreal s experience yeah. to be awake yeah. for that. And so I was awake, and uh, he came in, and they said, gee, I, we thought you were going to be gone. He said, I couldn't leave her. She's been through too much. Oh. And in order to have this type of surgery, the testing that has to be done, mm -hmm. some of it is surgical. And I mean, I, I know what it's like to be bald. I'll tell you that three times. You know, I mean, they offer you a wig, and I said, no. I just put big earrings on and yeah. makeup, and I said, say lovey. And um, I did what I had to do, and I, w I, I stood firm, and I was strong. And I often wondered what happened to the other people, yeah. often. I, you know, some of them I get to meet because they put you through a lot to get you to go through some stuff. And um, I was the only one out of seven that came out like this. Wow. The rest of them to still have issues today. And I'm not going to mention no names, but the rest of them have issues today. And so I'm truly blessed. Did I 
have the surgery and just come out like this. No, it was uh, over the years, it was a process, a process of learning how to walk. And they took part of my speech box. Wow. And um, I had to learn how to talk and walk. And I had to learn my right side, I have no feeling. Wow, okay. So when they go to me, go go to here and look up this. I can't do that so fast. I yeah. have to watch what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't take anything for granted that I'm doing. I really I really don't. I, I mean, I don't take anything for granted. Uh, when I walk through these doors here, I, I was like, yeah, right, like they're going to hire me. Mm-hmm. I met with Ann and Talonzo. And I told them my story. I didn't lie. I just told them the truth. I said, try me out. If you don't like me, you let me go. Yeah. That was my attitude. I have been here ever since. Wow. And what about it here do you like so much that you stay every day? Like I said, I thought I was going to just do the phones. Yeah. But I realized immediately, oh, if you don't learn everything, mm-hmm. you're out the door. Yeah. You're out the door. And I learned that real fast. Mm -hmm. So I started to, did I know anything about computers then? Absolutely not. Like it was waking up from a slumber. I did not know anything about cell phones. I did not know anything about computers. My son bought me a computer. I don't know what it was. It went, something went off at night. (laughs) I said, I want that out of my house. (laughs) I made him take it (laughs) out. So it was like, I was learning like a child. Yeah. That I, I, act, I have to tell you the truth. I don't care who hears this. It doesn't matter to me. They like it fine. They don't. I don't care. Uh, I woke up here from, from a deep, deep sleep, a slumber, and I came awake. Wow. I woke up. And I woke up to this, and I woke up to editing. I woke up to production. Mm-hmm. I woke up, and you know, and I picked everybody's brain. They probably saw, oh my gosh, she's coming again. <laughs> she's going to ask me again. Oh, oh, I'm going to go the other way. You know, and I don't blame them, but I did that on purpose. I, I did it a- absolutely on purpose for a reason, because truly I was learning. It was like, going to school yeah. and I for one I went to college and I learned and I you know I ate that stuff mm-hmm. up I, I was li- like a fanatic when I went to school and but I loved it yeah I loved it so I started to realize you better learn yeah and I bet it was so freeing also to be able to learn after going through so much that maybe like hindered your life and hindered things and then to be able to wake up and have the opportunity to learn again which is something that you love to do Mm -hmm. and have so many people around you that support you and want to help you learn like that is so beautiful yeah well i I learned from Haley to lonzo god bless to lonzo god bless god bless them all i picked their brains he's not here anymore but brian he did it in a way that was like he was comical, mm-hmm. but he did it in a way he'd go Joey, and he put these glasses on, and he was I'd be over there, he'd be sitting, his desk was over there, and he had these glasses, and he he'd have the Twizzlers eating them, and he'd be teaching me mm-hmm. at the same time. I was like, 
I am so blessed. It was a blessing. Uh, and, you know, Ron at the time, mm-hmm. I was learning. I was learning stuff. The thing with me, if you caught me off guard and you say, da 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 da, I had to stop. Mm-hmm. And I, you, I always say to people, you have a Brinkford computer. I do not. Mm-hmm. I have to go th- through the train, and it steams up every once in a while, and I have to look through my files. Yeah, that's the way I explain it. Mm-hmm. So, and I look at people sometimes that very quiet and deep because I know where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. They may not say it, but I understand. I recognize them right away. Yeah. And so with that, sometimes people need tender love and care. Very true. So, and I uh, immediately I gravitate to those people without saying the word. I'll gravitate to them because I know they're going through something. Yeah. So immediately, I don't care if it's a coworker, somebody that comes through the door that's going to be a member. I'll gravitate toward them because I see the need. Because you have to be sensitive mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. No matter where they're, where they're from, it doesn't matter to me. I, I could care where they're from. It just doesn't matter to me because that's the way I was brought up. Yeah. It doesn't matter... I'm going to say this. I, I don't care the color of your skin, where you're from. It's just that people are people. Yeah. And if y- if God put the love in you, and it's in your heart, it's knitted in your heart, you're going to show it. Exactly. I actually wanted to go maybe, like you mentioned, that's how you were brought up. I kind of want to talk more about your childhood if you mm-hmm. are okay with that sure um so i wanted to just know if you grew up in a spiritual household or in a faith um like where faith was important where you grew up maybe what town you grew up mm-hmm. uh, maybe your if you had siblings your situation i grew up in gloucester massachusetts mm-hmm. and there it was catholicism uh i was brought up a catholic um my Grandpapa and grandmama, uh, they used to have all the feasts. My daddy used to carry St. Peter through the streets. And uh, it was a big to-do. St. Joseph, the, you know, the the fishes, you know, uh, the aunts used to get together, the, my mom. It was one of the things. We kids, uh, during, I think it was St. Joseph, we used to go from house to house to house and pick up the bread, the pick up the oranges. And w- we did that. Like people collect uh, eggs mm. on Easter. Yeah. Uh, we did that. And when St. Peter come, my grandpapa used to own a store. So uh, I'd be in the back. I love the water. I, I'm a swimmer. So I love the water. I'd be running back and, you know, on the beach because they'd be getting ready for the feast yeah. and the greasy pole. And so I'd be in the back of the store, walking the beach, picking up this and picking up that, singing and dancing mm-hmm. in the back yeah. of my grandpapa's store. So one day, moi, I was five years old, mm-hmm. wandered off. <gasps> I wanted to go to the boats. Oh. And I did that. 
And so everybody went crazy looking. They found me by the boats. Yeah. The fishing boats. <laughs> Some guy found me. He said, but it, does this one belong to you? <laughs> I remember that clearly. But that's what we used to do. That's yeah. what we used to do. And then, like, if um, my mom would say, Josephine, I'm sending you to church. Go light the candle. Mm-hmm. But my, no, i telling you what to do. But how come you don't come? No, she dressed me and she put the beret in my. I hate that beret. <laughs> oh, did I hate that beret? So, uh, and I'd go, and um, I'd sit with the nuns. And I was supposed to light a candle for my mother. She says to me, "I want you to go and light the candle." But they were still doing something with the candles upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there and I was looking at the cross and I said, "Who are you really? Who are you?" And so I went downstairs, and I did not like looking at the saints because they seemed like they were staring right at you. Yeah. No matter where you sit, you could sit on the floor in the corner; they still looked like they were staring at you. Yeah. So I went downstairs, and I was lighting the candle for my mom, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I felt this presence—a powerful presence—and I heard in here. I don't care if anybody thinks I'm crazy. I heard, this is who I am. I felt a presence so powerful, and I've never forgotten that. Mm-hmm. You never. said you were five, right, when that happened? Yep. Or five. how old were you, five? Uh, yeah, just about five, a little bit older, mm. somewhere in that age. Yeah, and to feel a presence like that at such a yes. young age, is like tr- it's transformative. Yep, it was very powerful, and I was standing in front of the saint, with Mary holding her son after he had passed. And he said, this is who I am. And I knew that I knew that his spirit was there. And I, maybe I was a little bit over, maybe seven. Seven. Yeah. Still Uh, young, though. That's still very young. Yeah. And so as I was leaving, I knew I was not leaving alone. No. At that point. But, you know, life is life. And you go, and you grow, and you go here, you go there, you do this, you do that. And I did. And I did. Uh, I, I was um, always very independent, mm-hmm. very independent girl. Um, my parent, my daddy died very young. And uh, I worked. My brother uh, was off at war. My mom took it very bad. And uh, I got out of school and went to work on the wharf. I wow. worked very hard. I was a worker. Mm-hmm. I still am today. Yeah. And I worked very hard. Um, I remember that distinctly. A- and when you work on the wharfs, um, you work like a guy. Yeah. And I did. And... How going through all of these things, it seems like in this kind of one period in your life, how did your faith help you through this? I was a, um, I used to be in my room. I remember being in my room distinctly. I was a, a, a we were a praying family. Mm-hmm. We were a praying family, and uh, I always prayed in my room constantly. I was a prayer, prayer. I prayed all the time. 
And did I understand certain things? I, I don't know if I understood, but I prayed. I constantly prayed. And I knew when my daddy passed away, um, my mother fell apart. My brother was off at war. Um, my younger brother, and I said, dear Lord, uh, here, now what? And I, I remember the funeral parlor, um, and I had to pick out the casket because mm -hmm. my mother couldn't. So it, it was like, oh, oh, here we go. So, I mean, my dad got buried, um, and it was one of those things. Yeah. It's one of those things. It, it, life is not easy, but you take it for once it comes. You either stand firm or you don't. Yeah. And I chose to stand firm. Um, you know, life goes as it goes. Um. And life went on, and here I am today. Um, and I found for me that personal relationship with Jesus Christ himself was the way. Mm -hmm. it, it's just not going to church. It's just not going to a Catholic church. It's it wasn't that for me. And I found... I found it for me. Not everybody believes that. That's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't shove it down people's throats. Yeah. Um, that's not the way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I know that I know in my heart and my soul and my spirit and in my mind, it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and thank God I had it. Because when I went through what I went through with the surgery, and what I went through afterwards, because I got an infection in my brain. Oh, wow. And they told me again, you're not going to make it. And I said, oh, well. And uh, when they told me that what they wanted to do, I said, God, you know, I can't let them do that. Take me home. Mm. I asked them outright to take me home. They wanted to put me in, isolate me in a room. And what they wanted to do, nobody can survive that. I said, take me home. The doctor came in the next day and said to me, uh, did you pray? Mm -hmm. I said, I most certainly did. He said, I'm here to tell you the infection is gone. Wow. He said to me, uh, the infection actually got, but we have to give you a, me uh, a new antibiotic Mm -hmm. that just came on the market. You have to stay for a few days, but we're going to give it to you when you go home. Yeah. And he says, this is unbelievable. Wow. And I said, I had no intentions you, uh, uh, of you letting you do that to me. No. I said, I would have never survived. No, yeah. So for me, all through the years, um, I know that I know that I'm here for a purpose. Yeah. I know that I know we're all here for a purpose, whether we choose to do it. See, I know that I know God's given me free will. All of us. What we choose to do with it is our business. Yeah. It's not between me, you, and God. It's between me and God. Exactly. It's not between me and my husband and God. Mm -hmm. It is between me and God. I know that I know that heaven and hell does exist, and it does. I've heard people, not one, but many, 
how can I uh, worship a God that's going to send me a hell? Wrong. He doesn't send you a hell. You send yourself to hell by the things you think, do, and say. Nobody else. Mm-hmm. No, nobody else. Yeah. And uh, so I, I thought about this for a long time, and I said, I want to be set free and be set free indeed. So I chose to invite the Lord into my heart. Mm-hmm. And I did that way back in 2000, the year 2000. Yeah. And how do you, how would you say that your life has transformed since then? Since oh, you, you have no clue. I, I mean, this is public, and I'm not going to go into it publicly. Of course. But. God, Father, forgive me, but I've been through hell and back again. Mm-hmm. You know, because see, for me, every day that I wake up, it's a new day and a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I get the opportunity to meet people. I get the opportunity to come here, got the opportunity maybe teach somebody, maybe not. It's an opportunity. Wow, what a joy that is. And I, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Yeah, I know that. I'm not naive. But I choose, I choose to see the beauty in life. I'm not naive to what is going on around me. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware. Exactly. But I can either be negative or choose to see the beauty in life. Exactly. And so where I live, I choose to just surround myself with the beauty in life. Mm-hmm. That's my choice. I choose wi- at work to surround myself with, if you notice, I always have music. You do. I choose to do that on purpose. Yeah. That's my choice. Because... You can either either go to a job and be negative or be positive and loving and and care. Exactly. Are you, would you say that you're, are you still Catholic or are you Christian now? No, and I'm when Christian. And when did that, when did that change occur for you and why? If you're comfortable. Okay. Whatever you're comfortable speaking I, I'm going to, uh, I'll share this with you. I've been through a lot of stuff. I walked through a lot of paths. It took me, I, I went through a lot of paths. And, uh, but it, those paths brought me to this point. Mm-hmm. And it brought me to this point. I met a lot of people because I was supposed to. Yeah. Because those paths and those people were a blessing, okay, because now I can recognize others like them when they cross my path and try to help them. There's a lot of broken hearts out there. That's very true. A lot of hurting units. And I try to, when I see that, to recognize it. There's a lot of people that are hurting. 
And so when I get the opportunity to help somebody, whether it's where I live, at church, even if I see somebody here, Mm -hmm. I'd help them. And do you think that in a way, of course, like you were speaking about God giving us free will, but do you feel like it was almost like God's purpose for you in some way to have you be here to help other people and to see this pain I'm and to help people through yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you the truth, and I'll say it over and over again. I believe God sent me here for a reason. Of course. And when it's time, he's going to take me out. Yeah. He'll take me out in his season, uh, and... He'll take me out. I know he will. And he'll provide for me, too, and my husband and I. Mm-hmm. I will not be in lack. Mm. Never. Yeah. Um, and what, what church do you belong to now? It's called Calvary Christian Church. And is it's it here Pente- in Malden? You no. Know, Limfield. It? It's Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. I am an altar worker. I am a prayer warrior. I don't hide that. Uh, anybody that needs prayer, I'll pray for them. Uh, that's a st- there's a story about behind that. A um, long time ago. Um, I will. I do go into hospitals. I do. I don't talk much about that. I prefer not to. Of course. Um, I do help the elderly when it's needed. I do a lot of research in that area because it, it's well needed. Um, I'm grateful for the help the elderly get, but there's so much more needed. Like what? Um, uh, there's some, the elderly and disabled, especially the disabled, they get a lot of help. But sometimes when they come out of the hospital, they do not get the help they need. Uh, one person in particular that I've been uh, assisting at this point in time, um, she really, wow. I I knew that she needed a lot of help. Yeah. Yep. You've you got to give of, of oneself. If you have a little, if you have a little, you've got to share it. Exactly. You have to share what you have. Uh, you know, it doesn't behoove you to hold on to what you have. Share it. Exactly. I just wanted to maybe ask, going and and being a prayer worker and, like, being a prayer warrior and mm-hmm. doing this work, you don't have to go into it, but how does it make you feel to be able to do this and to help people and to share yourself? Um, it's le- For me, it's led by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. through our Lord Jesus um, for me, which leads right to the Father. Okay. And um, as I stand there, sometimes I'll go right up to people that are sitting, not at the altar, because I'm led. I'll walk over anybody and anything to get to them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who it is, man or woman. Yeah. It, because I know that I know that they're in need at that time. And my, by the time I get to them, it's well needed. Yeah. What do you think that, well, you, you've grown up with faith in your life in all mm-hmm. forms throughout your whole life. Yep. What do you think faith 
has brought to your life that you wouldn't have had otherwise if you didn't maybe grow up with faith or strength. you never found it? An inner strength like none other. Mm-hmm. An inner strength that I, I know that I know is there, that I can stand firm. Some people say, gee, you've lived many lives, and it's like, do I believe what she's saying? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I know that I know what. And within this lifetime, Within this lifetime, I have lived many lives. And I know what I've been through. I know what it's like to be homeless three times. I know. I've been there, done that. But I was not alone. It's not easy. And I had money. Mm -hmm. But the situation arose. I couldn't get my hands on it. I know what it is to be without a driver's license for over 30 years because your doctor had to take it away and then get it back. Mm -hmm. See, I know what it's like. I absolutely know what it's like. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to um, have to go shopping in the dead of heat like this. Mm And just have enough of money to go, have to walk down there and not be able to take a taxi and walk a long way. Yeah. And walk down there and have to walk back. And then, like, it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to make it. And all of a sudden, like, a cool breeze comes along. Where did that come from? I know where it came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're hungry. See, these are some of the things that people probably might be may listen to and say, "Boy, she gone." No, I'm not gone. Mm-mm. I know where that came from. Yeah. I know what it's like that I have a voice today. Yeah, that I can sing, mm-hmm. and that I've been in a choir. Yeah, and I know that I can play the piano. And I know that God has a purpose for me, and he's not through with me yet. Because if he was through with me, I'd be going home. Yeah. I know this is different probably from some of the stuff you've probably heard, but that is walking to a beat of a different drum. Yeah. No, but I think that it's beautiful. I think that you're connection is beautiful to god and your ability to share it as well is really really special and i feel really grateful to get to talk with you about it because it's really nice to hear it and the way that you honor him and he honors you back and you have him in your life like yeah that. because jesus is the husband of my heart mm-hmm. he is yeah because someday when my husband's gone that's it is your husband also um, Christian? Yes, he is. And how do you guys? Is it nice having someone in your life like your husband to walk in like the in God's light with? Yeah, a lot of people when they read the Bible and they say, "Wives submit to your husband, and husbands love your wife." Has the Christ loved the church? Mm-hmm. They take that so out of context mm-hmm. because he better love me. As Christ loved the church because I am his queen. Mm-hmm. Yes. You get it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
um, it's like when you have that type of marriage, mm -hmm. it brings you such freedom and peace. It's because it's like if I say move that mountain, he will move it. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Because when you are a Christian and you marry somebody that's not, you're evenly unyoked. Yeah. And then there's going to be problems. Hmm. How long have you been married? To him? Yeah. Over 15 years. Wow. And how did you guys meet? Did you guys meet in the church? Well, uh, actually, he was going to the church. I was there before him. Mm-hmm. And he came about, and we were going to a Bible study, and I saw him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, a friend invited I was taking care of my mom. Okay. My mom was sick, and I barely went out because I knew she. Mm -hmm. She said, why don't you go to the dinner? I said, no, I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. Just, Joe, go out. <laughs> so I said, Okay. So I went to my friend's house, and when I walked through the door, there he was. What's his name? Richard. Richard. So I said to my friend, what are you out of your mind? He's an old man. She says, it's only for a dinner. I said, we'll be talking later. Because <laughs> I didn't have a car then. Got it. Because I couldn't drive. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going. I wanted to get out of there real fast. Why, though? I don't know. You just didn't want to be there. No. <laughs> I wanted out. So in his soft voice, he said, would you like me to take you home? I said, absolutely Aww. not. <laughs> no. I said, no. Uh -uh. That's like hang loose. No way. <laughs> so I took her aside. I said, you will be taking me home <laughs> now. So she did. She said, Josephine, you're terrible. I said, no, he's an old guy. What do I want with him? So I went home. And I, I think about a week later, I get, I think it was a phone call from the pastor's wife. We're praying for this relationship. <laughs> I said, what relationship? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my God. And it's like, I, I don't know. Then I get a card from my husband. Mm -hmm. If you ever need a ride or need to go anywhere, and I said, "What's going on yeah. here?" Oh, he and really he called liked me you. Up and he's talking to me, and I'm going, "Hmm." <laughs> so my mother says to me, you and "Then he came and visited my mother wow. and I." And I'm looking at him like dots are shooting. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, mm -hmm. no way. Yeah. My mother says to me, Joe, you were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, Ma. And she said, you see that man? I said, yeah. And she said in Italian to me, she said, I can leave now. I said, where are you going to go? And she said, that is the man you're going to marry. <clears throat> I was like. She knew that you'd be safe with him and that he was there for you. So it was, I, that. Dinner was uh, either at the end of August or beginning of September. My mother passed away in October. Wow. I think on her birthday. Wow. No she kidding. knew. No kidding. And she left. She was gone. I was like, 
I was I was devastated. Oh, of course. True devastation. Mm. I was like, okay, now what? Now what? I, I had her <coughs> hospital bed. Mm-hmm. I had everything because she was so ill. The next thing I know, he was there. And then he told me, as time went on, he said, I would have never asked you to marry me if your mother was still here. He said, I had too much respect. Mm. And before I know it, time went on, he asked me to marry him. Mm. The joy that I have in my life because of what I have in me mm-hmm. and he has in him. Yeah. It's like I get up in the mor- at night, he puts out the coffee pot and the coffee. Mm-hmm. I make the coffee in the morning. We share a cup of coffee and then prayer. Oh. I know that a lot Beautiful. of people don't believe in that. But that's my life every day. Yeah, but I think even it's okay if they don't believe or I don't know because for what it brings for you in your life and that is what matters like what you were saying about a personal relationship with god and yeah it's it's what it brings to your life no matter what anyone else thinks about it or however they judge or whatever they yeah their own internalized things like what matters is the joy and the love and the grace that it brings to your life and how powerful that is yeah that is what you know we're called to support people we're so called to support people, n- not tear them apart in any way, shape, and form. Yeah. And what we see going on out there, it's like, give me, excuse me. Oh, no. Give me a break. You know, give me a break. You're not called to destroy people. You're to call you may not agree with them. Mm-hmm. You may not agree with them, but you're called to make sure that nobody's hurt in any way, shape, and form. Yeah. I may not agree about a lot of things, and I do not. Yeah. But I am called to make sure nobody's hurt. That's the thing. Exactly. And, you know, years ago, I used to run a lot. Oh. I was a jogger. Distance running? uh, A jogger, yes. And I used to run a certain way, and I used to, I thought it was a father and his son. Mm -hmm. And I used to see them looking through the trash, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't take it anymore. So I stopped and I went up, it was two men. Mm -hmm. And I I said, I see you all the time. I said, Come with me. I brought them to my, we won't hurt you. Mm -hmm. Usually you don't do that, but in this case, I couldn't take it. Yeah. And they said, we promise we, we won't do anything. I took them in and let them get cleaned up. My mother, right away, she cooked, gave them food. And then when they left, we gave them a bunch of food. Mm-hmm. Y- I know you can't do that with everybody. I, I get that. Yeah. But in this case, how can you not help your neighbor? Yeah. How can you not? Truly. I, I can't do that. Yeah. I used to walk down uh, Pleasant Street when I used to walk to Root. I made sure I always carried carried water with me. Mm-hmm. People sitting in the uh, uh, doorway in the dead of heat. You can't stop and give them a, a bottle of water. Yeah. 
It's like the small actions like that is what matters, I think. It's, it's a little from the something. Grace of your yeah, it doesn't have to be huge acts of service, but just having a mindfulness and this thought about other people yep. outside and of yourself. And then somebody the said, I, I, um, uh, you have some money, I'm hungry. If you don't want to give them the money, take them and get something to eat. Tea. Very simple. Yeah. It's time. Time and effort. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm called to do. Yeah. I'm not called to bicker what you think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not called to do that. No. But I am called to care. Yeah. What about your faith inspires you? <sighs> yeah, uh, everything. Everything. My family, my job, um, Everything, my health, Mm -hmm. everything, every little thing. It's the center of my life. It's the center of relationships. It's the center of the way I think, do, and act. It it is. Mm -hmm. It's the center of the way I keep my home clean. Yeah. Here. Mm -hmm. It's the center. Jesus, Jesus is the center of my life. Um, and I, I've been asking this, I ask, I'm going to be asking this to everybody, um, who comes on the podcast, but, um, let's say there, cause I feel like in, I would say today, maybe people from my generation, there's a bit of a disconnect, um, from a sense of spirituality or faith. It's not, I don't think, as emphasized in our upbringing as a collective. Mm-hmm. I think in some communities it is, but as a collective, it's something that's less emphasized in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there are a lot of people who, even beyond just my generation too, that struggle with the faith and struggle with finding connection and maybe feel ostracized from their faith at a point. Um, and so as someone who is so deeply connected with Christ, um, what advice or what help would you suggest for people who are looking to reconnect to faith? First of all, I would tell you this. We're all on a journey. All of us. Every day, we're all on a journey. Is that, do you feel empty inside? Anybody out there, do you feel empty inside? And if you do, What are you seeking for? Having your nails done, having your hair done, buying clothes, drinking, taking drugs. Is it doing for you? Is it working for you? Is your job working for you? Uh, Excuse me, uh, uh, I don't mean no disrespect, but having sex, is it doing for you? Mm -hmm. If it's not, you're seeking something that's not on the face of this earth. I suggest you go to the book of John in the Bible. Read it. It's a love letter. And then ask yourself, why do I feel so empty? It's spelled Jesus Christ. And find some people that truly are walking with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Anybody can go to church. Yeah. And anybody can act as if. But find the true ones that are walking with the Holy Spirit. Why 
do you think that finding spiritual connection, um, no matter religion or whatever, um, like denomination across all faith, religion has been something that's existed forever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a long time. Something that we feel like we almost need to live. And why do you think that, yeah, spiritual connection is essential to the human experience? Because we're all connected. We're all connected all over the world, one way or another. We are all connected. Some are aware of it, like myself, and others are asleep. They're asleep. That's, we're all connected. We're all brothers and sisters, but we're and some choose a different road, some don't. Mm-hmm. But we are all connected. And I know that in my heart. 